Welcome to episode 8 of the Tiny Tales podcast. This episode features a story called Longcroft on Lockdown by myself, Darren Sant. I hope you enjoy it. Longcroft on Lockdown by Darren Sant. The Longcroft Housing Estate, Yorkshire, England. These were scary times. A global pandemic has changed the world as we know it, albeit temporarily. As the world held its collective breath, unprecedented events were unfolding on the Longcroft estate. Chapter 1. Briefing. North Longcroft Estate. Police Control Room. An assortment of coppers of varying ages, ranks and sexes shuffled restlessly on their seats, waiting for the Sarge to get his papers in order and begin the late shift briefing. All were sat, the government dictated, two metres apart. This, of course, led to the usual childish behaviour you'd expect from any group under stress, giggling and the throwing of notes to one another. The Sarge, conscious of the restlessness of his captive audience, launched into his briefing. Thanks for your attention, ladies and gentlemen. He coughed, then laughed. It's all right, I haven't got this fucking virus. Damn tree pollen is playing havoc with my tubes. There was a half-hearted laugh. The Sarge was to comedy what Piers Morgan was to diplomacy. Sensing he hadn't engaged his troops, he ploughed on regardless. Okay, there's something big going down on this state. It's been quiet generally until now. All the usual scroats are playing nice on lockdown or breaking into garages, cars and sheds. But they're scared of the virus, same as the rest of us. So the low-level scumbags are not currently a worry. Oh, and if any of them say they've got the virus and threaten to spit on you, then you have my personal permission to ram your baton up their arse. This time that there were genuine laughs. Nothing united a force more than twatting the enemy. An informant has let us know that all the top-level scumbags in the area are meeting up. They're planning something and it's big. We've no idea where the meeting is or what the hell they're discussing. But keep your eyes and ears open. Don't take any unnecessary risks. But find out what you can. He was losing them. They were muttering and speculating amongst themselves. Time to conclude. Okay, stay safe out there and go get him. Dismissed. Chapter 2. The Shed Oi, soft lad, get your fucking arse over here, yelled Dave in a loud whisper. Rich looked up from the patio door handle he was yanking on. This shed is unlocked, stage whispered Davy. Rich gave up. Low crouched, then ran over to Davy at the shed. He cursed as he caught his leg on a terracotta potted plant. Hopping for a moment on one foot. Ouch, fuck! Quiet, you twat! You'll wake people up! Rich winced in pain. Sorry, it's so dark, he whispered. People tend to see you if you try robbing them in the daytime, you muppet. They were in the garden of a house on the very edge of the estate, where the houses were bigger and were just that little bit more affluent. Richard Pickings, in other words. This door is unlocked. Let's see what's in here, said Davy. They crept carefully over the threshold. Neither of them could see a thing. Davy reached into his pocket, took out his LED torch. 
Hold the door closed just in case the light carries, said Davy. Richard did as he was asked, and with a creak, the little remaining light from outside was slowly extinguished. It was pitch black. Davy clicked on his torch and swept it across the shed. He quickly clicked it off again. What the... he said. Did I just... said Rich. Davy clicked on the torch again to see if what he'd seen was still there. This time he did a slow sweep. Rows and rows of shelves of creepy china dolls stared at them. They were exquisitely painted with rosy cheeks, but their eyes were dark pools of evilness, and they stared down at them with, with a malevolence unknown to man. However, the back wall of the shed is what made them both gasp in fear. A long row of brutal-looking dildos in order of size. Some had spikes. Some wrapped in barbed wire. Some as large as golf clubs. Oh, my fucking God, was Richard's eloquent response. Dude, I don't think God has anything to do with the contents of this shed. Luke, replied Davy. He swept his torch over a corner, saw several secure hooks containing sturdy-looking bondage gear and several leather gimp masks. There was a loud bang from the nearby house. They looked at each other and ran for their lives. Chapter 3 The Meeting Somewhere on the east side of the Longcroft Estate, in a small closed-down community centre, And tonight, there was a flurry of nervous activity. The estate is roughly split up into several powerful gangs, centres of power, all of whom would be present at this most unusual meeting. The first to enter was the dreadlocked figure of Drexel, originally west from West Indies, but his parents had moved to the estate when he was just two years old. Drexel was six foot three of pure muscle and aggression. His dreadlocks, cultivated over years, hung three-quarters of the way down his back. His well-muscled arms bulged free in his bodybuilder's vest top. Drexel was your man for drugs on the estate. If you needed a high, you came to one of his network of dealers. Going anywhere else for your high in the estate was worse for your health than the drugs themselves. Drexel took his seat at the table on a tiny plastic chair designed only for an old lady's bottom. Next to enter was Chuck Knuckles Van Cleef. He was the Longcroft's gangster. Protection rackets, girls, clubs, they were his thing. No one knew how he'd gotten his peculiar American name. Everyone was sure they didn't want to be there on the other end of his knuckles. He stood at just under five foot six, but was almost as wide as he was tall. His hands were like hams, huge and menacing, and his knuckles stood out even among the meaty flesh of his hands, hence his nickname. There was only one biker gang on the estate that, for reasons known only to themselves, were called The Found. Their 15 members all wore a uniform of denim jackets, green bandanas, with the found in fancy scroll on the back. Since they were almost all male, they cultivated ZZ top-style beards with varying degrees of success, except Rosie, their only female member, but you'd have to look twice to establish that. 
They were not a criminal gang per se, but if you crossed one of them, vengeance was sure to be swift and merciless. Their leader, Ted O'Malley, was a skinny guy, but if you crossed him, you'd see just what a skinny guy's elbow in your face could do. All of these leaders were sat glaring at each other, trash-talking and nervously waiting for the real power in the estate to arrive. Outside, their various hard men were all in separate groups, waiting for it to kick off so that they could have a good scrap. Finally, ten minutes later than the agreed meeting time, the door creaked open and the ominous shuffle and tap-tap of several canes and zimmer frames were heard. The most powerful group on the estate had arrived, the Longcroft East Bingo Club. There was a scrape of chairs as all of the estate's hardest men rushed to stand and show their respect. These ladies controlled the estate by two things, fear and information. If you crossed them, they didn't forgive and they didn't forget. They had access to sources of information and gossip more powerful than any internet server, the weekly bingo meetings. If you dared to cross them, the information was shared among the network. Your card, like a bingo card, was marked for good. First time you slipped up, they'd have you. Any one of a dozen pairs of curtain-twitching eyes was watching your every move. A phone call would be made. It could be the taxman. It could be the DWP. It could be a rival drug dealer. Underestimate them at your peril. Vera, their leader, and most vicious with an elbow, quickest with a dabber, and most merciless with a cutting remark, was the first to speak. Good evening, gentlemen. She made no apology for being late and settled heavily down on the seat at the head of the table. She was flanked by her two closest cronies, Mad Margot and Dotty Dotty. Before we begin, said Margot, I'd just like to inform Mr O'Malley that one of his bikers nearly ran over my nephew last week. Sort it out quickly, or we'll be forced to give Mr Van Cleef the photographs of one of your lads and his wife. Chuck leapt to his feet in anger and glared at O'Malley, who looked bewildered and terrified all at the same time. Before things could get out of hand, Vera shook her grey-haired head. Not now, gentlemen. We have business to deal with. And with their true demonstration of power over, they began their meeting. So it was decided, with some raising of voices, threats, anger, and some chess grandmaster moves by Vera, that the meanest, toughest, nastiest tribes on the Longcroft estate would use their networks to ensure that no one went too hungry, everyone had toilet rolls, and that everyone would get their medication during this terrible pandemic. They would look after the vulnerable and the needy until lockdown was over. They would help each other in a way they had never before for the mutual good and no kneecaps needed to be broken for a while. The moment it was lifted, the gloves would be off, and it would be back to settling old scores, as it was before lockdown, and making money, of course. For now, peace and cooperation would be the order of the day, signed and sealed by Vera. Epilogue The Sarge kicked off his boots and went into the living room to kiss his wife. Hi, love, how was your day? she inquired. Not too bad. 
There's something big going down, but the streets are quiet for now. It's eerie, really. How are your officers coping? They're as clueless as ever, he chuckled. Oh, well, at least they have you to guide them. He smiled at her lovingly and patted the little pug that was nestled in her, in her lap. They do indeed. Listen, it's been a long day. I need to unwind and go to spend some time in the shed. She smiled and nodded. You do that. I'll catch up with the soaps. You'll have to show me what you do in that shed. One of these days, you're so secretive. He smiled. Oh, I will. Don't worry about that. The end. If you enjoyed my humorous tale, I have a full collection of the Tales from the Longcroft available on Amazon in paperback or Kindle. Hope you enjoyed it. Bye-bye for now. Take care. Stay safe.